0: Please remain standing for Psalm 55.
1: Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint, and and I moan. Because of the noise of the enemy, Because of the oppression of the wicked. For they drop trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say, Oh, that I had wings like a dove! I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, divide their tongues, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls, and iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin is in its midst. Oppression and fraud do not depart from its marketplace. For it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me. Then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together. Within God's house we walked in the throng. Let death steal over them. Let them go down to Sheol and live, or alive. For evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. But I call to God... And the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan. And he hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety from the battle that I wage. For many are arrayed against me. God will give ear and humble them. He who is enthroned from of old, because they do not change and do not fear God. My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you.
0: Please be seated.
2: Let's mm. bow our heads as we come before the Lord, please. Father in heaven, we are so grateful and even humble that we can come before you as a body to freely submit ourselves to you, to freely worship you and give you glory and honor. Lord, we are at odds at times, more often than not, in not being obedient to your word. Lord, we ask you for your forgiveness. We are thankful for your continued love. Your love and grace is far more powerful, more abundant than even our sins. Lord, we are thankful that we can come before you, bow our heads, and bend our knees. Lord, that you would be glorified. We are thankful that your son, Jesus, your only son, came to this earth in the form of man, fully human, and lived a life of righteousness, completely and fully obedient to your commands, Lord, and because of that, we stand before you righteous, nothing of ourselves, but all of Jesus. So till the day that you call us home, Lord, when we are through struggling in this world, Lord, when we can stand before you, being in the presence of your glory, we look forward to that day. Mm -hmm. And we ask for your continued guidance and grace as we live a life which will be a witness and testimony to Jesus Christ, our Savior. So to that end, Lord, we give this day to you, and ask that you bless it. In Jesus' name, amen. Our
0: catechism question for today, what should we pray? Our answer, Mm -hmm. let's say this together. The whole word word of God directs Directs and inspires us. us in what What we should pray, pray, including the the prayer Jesus himself taught us. And our short answer, we can say this together as well. The whole whole word word of of God directs us us in what we should pray. Our scripture is Ephesians 3, 3, 14 through 21. And there's a lot, but I think I would love to hear us say this together as well. For this reason... To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's talk to God. Dear Holy Father, we come
3: before you humble this morning. before you with a list of do's and needs and wants and help us to understand the uh, great joys of being able to have a conversation with you yeah. not just uh, quick in and out uh, but a relationship Lord a two way conversation with you Lord help us to understand that that um, we can come to you at any time, day or night, that you're never too busy for us, that Mm -hmm. it's a joy for you to be able to converse with us. Help us to learn to pray um, for our basic needs, for our smallest wants, but also the desires of our hearts. Lord, help us to um, understand that you are there for us that you desire to be with us, Lord, to have this relationship. Lord, help us to uh, not be Christians who just spend less than five minutes a day with you every day, Lord. Help us to have ongoing conversations. Holy Spirit, teach us. Help us to learn our way to having this uh, wonderful relationship with you, Lord. Teach us on a daily basis, Lord. And Lord, we just praise you and thank you for the joy of getting to see the miracle of answered prayers every single day, Lord. We have seen so many answers over the last year and weeks. Lord, how wonderful you are that you let us see that. And Lord, we just thank you for the many, many blessings that you've bestowed upon us every single day from the way that our bodies work to the beautiful creation that we see around us. Lord, we just thank you and praise your holy name. You are so good to us. And, Lord, we just want to lift up our beloved Sally Anderson to you this morning, Lord. And we thank you for bringing Joan back to us this morning. Lord. Lord, we thank you for letting us see these answers to prayers, Lord, and for Dailene and her ongoing progress. Lord, how humbling it is to know that you do answer our prayers, whether it's from one person or from a group. Lord, help us to understand the power of prayer. You've told us that we don't have because we don't ask. Lord, we need to understand the power of prayer. We need to understand that um, we are not unimportant to you. We are very important. Please help us to um, take that power and use it, Lord. Thank you for this morning and for this gathering together, for this wonderful family that you've uh, allowed us to be a part of. We just pray for those who don't know you for the opportunities that they're missing, Lord. And we pray for our brothers and sisters across the world who are uh, involved in such uh, discomforts and um, seeking safety. And we just pray that you would keep them safe and secure and you would end this madness, Lord. Thank you for this time together this morning. And we pray for Pastor as he comes to preach. Thank you for this family. We thank you for this time together in Jesus' name.
4: All righty. That's why I use the stool. I don't,
1: I don't like that one.
4: Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Gerald. All right. So it's good to see everyone. It is good to see Joan today. So, Amen. Amen. God is God is so good and just healing her and bringing her back to us. And uh, so good to see, so good to see her. Um, so uh, uh, we uh, we are. Looking at the question, Catechism uh, number four, question number four, 40, says, uh, what should we pray? And uh, uh, so as, as you recall last week, uh, in seeking to answer uh, what should be our attitude in prayer, uh, I, I really do believe that the context of our prayer, of our prayer life, is about God. So in other words, do we believe what we say we believe? So do we believe that God is, is powerful? Do we believe that God is our hope? Do we believe, really believe, that he will forgive us? Do we believe that he will never let us go? Uh, do we believe that that God puts all the pieces back together again in our lives? Amen. And uh, uh, do we believe that God is in control of our lives, that God is in control of the entire universe of the world? Um, as I quoted last week uh, from Soren Kierkegaard, uh, the function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. And I think that's so important. Um, as we think about prayer and, um, you know, Marie, thank you for your prayer. Just love, love your requests. Um, I, I just want to say this. Prayer is one of God's most gracious gifts to you and I. Um, so you and I are transported from our darkest valley to really to vista views of our heavenly home, in the presence of God. As believers, prayer allows us uh, as unworthy sinners uh, to come before the ruler of the universe and call him Father. In his presence, we can bring our smallest need and our deepest fear, and he listens while the resources of heaven um, are ready to burst into action when he responds. So again, I just really want to say this. I want to remind us of this, that prayer is one of, God's most wonderful gifts. Yet I just want to—I just want to say this: we often use prayer, kind of like a sledgehammer. I don't know if you've ever tried to pound some a nail with a sledgehammer, but it doesn't work very well. It's kind of like pounding—pounding uh, pounding a, a tack into a cork board, uh, you know, like just driving a tack, and and it just goes right through the cork board. It just doesn't work. So, so we use the the, the strength of prayer. Uh, for our bodily comforts and our earthly concerns in other words we seek again uh and we'll be talking about as we pray through the uh, the word of god and as we look at the the lord's prayer uh, coming up pretty soon we look for my kingdom come my desires come my wants uh my wants uh, may come my wishes may come my will be done that's what we really pray for that's what we seek after And so I really think that in the most pivotal point of his letter, the Apostle Paul, while in prison, knowing that he could possibly be put to death for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, he pauses to offer prayer for the spiritual growth of the Ephesian believers in verses, uh, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. You see, Paul longs. Paul longs to see the church deepen in faith and energized for service. And he knows that they cannot in their own power, in their own strength. He knows that that God's church needs God's help to spiritually grow. And that that help comes in the response of prayer. And so again, uh, question 40 asks, what should we pray? And I believe the Apostle Paul gives us wonderful insight uh, into his concern for the church at Ephesus as he prays. For the spiritual growth and maturity of the body of Christ, in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, it is a great example for all of us to pray. So, how can we pray? How can we grow spiritually? What steps must be taken? In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, Paul prays to the, for the Ephesians uh, to become uh, spiritually mature, and he, his prayer is like a pyramid; it just stacks up on and. Uh, success, successfully uh, builds up on, on each prayer, each concern that he has. And again, as we look to, to his prayer, and I just want to read it for you again. So let's, in your Bibles, in Ephesians chapter uh, three, verses uh, 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knee before the father from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be strengthened uh, to comprehend what, uh, with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Pray with me. Lord God, we just come and ask that you would, uh, Lord, calm my heart, Lord, that you would Grant your words to be spoken, Lord, that you would speak to us as we have already asked, uh, God. That, the Lord, that our that our prayer would be for spiritual growth, for spiritual maturity. God, we just ask that you would uh, be with us now, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we think about the layers of, that Paul is praying through, he he is praying. For, uh, it, uh, that the believers would would grow spiritually and and in order for that to happen they must they must know their identity in Christ and and uh, and then he says for this reason I kneel and that is humbly he kneels before the Lord is God and his maker and and we have to ask what reason is is Paul uh, referring to here for this reason I bow my knee and you know Paul is uh, is referring to the previous passages where where he taught that God, made believing Jews and Gentiles one in Christ, and that God's eternal plan might be made known to the spiritual rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, uh, and that they might see his multicolored wisdom. In other words, that, that even the angels would understand God's fulfillment of his marvelous, redemptive plan for mankind. And really, more than likely, that's not what Paul's referring to although that could be a, a, a whole message series in itself. But Paul is pointing back to these truths um, that are important uh, to the Ephesian believers. So he wants the Ephesian believers to re, just to reflect back as he, as he spoke in Ephesians 1 and, and chapter 2 about their identity in Christ. Um, the, and and here, here's just some of them just to remember, that believers have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in chapter one, that they are that they were elected and chosen before the beginning of time, that they were redeemed by Christ's uh, by Christ's blood and forgiven of their sins, that they were delivered from spiritual death and from following the world, the devil, and the flesh, and made alive in Christ. We find in chapter two. So when Paul considers all that God has done for the believers, he is prompted to pray for their spiritual growth. He wants them to live out their identity. And this uh, should be true for all of us, for all you and I, that we should pray for one another. So when we consider all that God has done for us, our, our our desire ought to point others back to God, because because He answers all our needs in the most reasonable. So the most reasonable thing that we can consider is all that God has done for us. And I just want to say that God is the answer to all of our needs. And in other words, uh, Paul reflects back, and, and just I, I just reflect back in Romans chapter one, uh, or chapter twelve, verse one, where he, where Paul says, "Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of the mercies of God, uh, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship." Therefore, as as we find in the uh, in chapter three. Uh, for this reason, I pray, uh, therefore, uh, Paul is reflecting back in, in, uh, in Romans chapter 12. He's reflecting back to Romans 1 through 11, and he's, he's pointing the believers at, at Rome. He's, he's pointing them back to their salvation by grace alone and who we are in Christ Jesus. When we truly understand what God has done, uh, we are challenged and, and encouraged to grow in our divine calling. But from these passages, we also understand why so many are not growing. Believers are not growing because they don't understand who they are in Christ and what God has done for them. They just don't understand God's power in them. And Folks, I just want to just challenge us that we need to reflect back on what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. And as we're talking with other believers who are struggling Folks, the best thing that you and I can do is to point them back to God and his work in our lives and our hearts. That is so important, uh, you know, that we just need to point them back through Scripture, through, uh, through the Scripture that we know, that we understand what God has done. We just need to point people back to God. And that's what Paul is doing in this passage. So God meets our weaknesses with his power Paul uh, wants every believer to understand that God does not save us, does not accept us and then leave us on our own uh, to our own resources to walk in a manner worthy of his calling. That's just not what God does. God doesn't say, "Touch on the back, welcome to the family, hope you make it." That's not what God does. And we need to understand that. We need to understand that God saved us in his by his grace through Jesus Christ. And the apostle Paul is is praying for the Ephesus believers to, to accept that, to receive that. Paul wants the Ephesus believer to know that that God's power is at work in them and that, uh, uh, that God has uh, promised <clears throat> to be our hope and to stay, uh, our hope and stay. And I, I just think of a passage, uh, a song, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. So again, Paul wants the believer at Ephesus to look at the promises of who, who God is and what Christ has done for us, and he wants the believers to know uh, that they have their identity in Jesus Christ. Back in the foyer, there's a wall hanging, and it says, in Christ I am, and uh, and I just want you to look at that. Um, Teresa's the one that that put it up there, and she does a great job decorating, and it's just a a great reminder to us as you look at it and uh so it's it's just all reflections of the book of Ephesians and other passages but it, but we can say in Christ I am. And that's something that we need to do. That's what Paul wants the believer to do. He wants me to say in Christ I am fill in the blank. And and we just need to understand that we need to go back there and be reminded of that if not we'll be like the Corinthian believers. That, and they continued uh, to be worldly, and Paul uh, confronts them for living like mere men in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. They were prone to materialism and division and lust and even hopelessness. But if we're going to pursue spiritual maturity, we must understand the reason that Paul desired it for the Ephesians. We must know our, our identity in Christ and all that God has done for us. It has often been said that the Christian life is, is, uh, is understanding our new identity in Christ and learning to live it out. In other words, here's just some questions. Do you know that on the cross that Christ uh, broke the power of sin and death in your life that we find that in Romans chapter 6? Do you know that? Do you know that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God has prepared your life for good works. Do you know that? Do you really know that and understand that? Do you know that God seated you in the heavenly places with Christ and that one day you will rule with Jesus and even judge angels in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and in 1 Corinthians 6, 3? You see, the more that you and I comprehend about our eternal destiny, the more that you and I will be pulled out of worldly living and the propensity to sin. When, when you and I uh, will be challenged, you and I will be challenged to, to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice and to pray uh, for our spiritual growth as well as the, the growth of others. So again, uh, ask yourself, why is knowing my identity in Christ and what God did for me important for my spiritual growth? How can I come to know and live out my identity in Christ. You see, at this point in the letter, the Apostle Paul takes time to pray for the spiritual growth of the believers in Ephesians chapter 3. And Paul longs to see the believers. He longs to see the church deepened in faith and energized for service, for the work of service. And he knows that they cannot do it in their own power, that that God's church needs God's help to grow spiritually. And that's where prayer comes in. That's where you and I need to be challenged. That's where you and I need to be praying for one another, praying for strength, for the strength of God to to move us, to fill us, to empower us. So here's, uh, 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 there's three reasons uh, why Paul brings this out. First, the glorious work of God, it would be revealed, and we've, and, uh, uh, the, the first three chapters de- demand our fervent faith, um, but we just need to see the glorious work of God, that we were dead and lost in our sin and that you and I were saved by God's grace, that we were estranged foreigners and and uh, we were, uh, were strangers and we have been made citizens in he- of heaven. And so Paul wants us to know that that we need to grow spiritually in view of the responsibilities that God has set before us. And the last three chapters of Ephesians contain some of the most incredible uh, commands of God, that, that like walk, walk in a walk in a uh, manner worthy of your calling and, and be holy for I am holy. And, and, you know, sometimes I know growing up as a kid, just growing up, and, and I just said, well, how in the world am I supposed to be holy? I mean, we just ask those kinds of questions. Well, you are holy because God is holy God has made you holy and now we we need his help and his empowerment to live out to walk a holy life and finally the immediate context provides another reason for prayer that Paul asked the Ephesians church not to lose heart because of his his trials uh, chapter 3 verse 13 you see life's trials provide ample reason to call out for God's help not just to to relieve us from pain and not just to to elevate our faith, but but just we just need to call out for God's help, and it's so important. And so I just want to just say this: don't don't be afraid to ask God in prayer. Uh, our um, our need for God's help is matched by God's desire and His ability to give it. So the one who hears our our prayer is our Father, who is faithful and to 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 uh uh whose faithfulness to us was demonstrated in our Lord Jesus Christ and I, we just need to see that so in both the, uh so one of the things that God has done in redeeming us is that that uh, that we we can just see his faithfulness uh in the living and the dead and and we can see that his glorious name is lifted up. And he wants us to know and understand that God is, is more than willing to hear our prayers and we need not be afraid to ask. So God does not ration out your prayers like a drop, uh, a drop at a time. And I just want you to know that, that the scripture speaks that he, that he has a reservoir of his power And it says that in in, uh, Ephesians 3.16, according to the riches of his glory. And God, that is what God wants to do for you and I. So do not be afraid to pray. One of the things in, in our spiritual growth is that we would be people who pray, that we would be people who ask God, that we would be people who come before God. And So I just want to encourage you that next Sunday when we pray for the Ukrainian church, that I want you to understand that we need to lift up our brothers and sisters around the world and Ask that God would strengthen them and give them the courage to stand up for him. That is what we need to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Paul was not afraid to ask that God would build up the Ephesus church, that they would grow spiritually, that they would be strengthened in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want you to know that God has more, uh, more than enough resources to meet our needs, and, and we need not be afraid. So pray, pray for your spiritual growth. Pray for the spiritual growth of others. So Paul asks God to help the church deepen their faith and strengthen their service. But this will require three things only that only God can provide. Um, you need uh, you need strengthened with God's power. So Paul prays that God may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. In chapter three, verse sixteen that if we're going to live worthy of our calling and face the trials before us, we need God's power. The writer of Hebrews uh, put it this way to, to his struggling readers. Let us therefore come boldly into the, to the throne of God, the, the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in, in, in the time of need. And that is what we need to do. We need to be asking God, that he would strengthen us. And we know that that only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need to lift up our hearts before God. Folks, I can't tell you, uh, you know, how many people have prayed for Teresa and I. And I just want to say thank you for that. And I just want to know that, that as you move along and as you go along, that God wants you to be uh, concerned about not just me, but about the growth of this church. God just wants the, the church to grow in God's power, and so, and and that really comes through the Holy Spirit, and I, and I just want to encourage you uh, uh, that that we would seek God's Spirit to lead us, and uh, I just want to just encourage you with this, that, that uh, uh, it, you know, it is the Spirit, I believe, that prompts us to pray when we need to pray, so when we're talking to people, and when we're addressing people, and we're coming alongside and ministering to people and they share things and we just need to just stop them and say, "Can I pray for you? Can I lift you up before the Lord? You see God uh, we need God's help in times of trouble, as it says in James chapter 1. and we need uh, His power to open doors to make us bold, as it says in Colossians chapter 4. We need God's power to deliver us from the circumstances which are beyond our strength to endure in second Corinthians chapter 1. And if we are going to grow in faith to be used for God's purpose, we need to pray. And so we just need to say, God, help us. And we need, we can't, uh, uh, and, and I, I'm just going to tell you, you cannot help but grow. So I just want to just say, um, as we're praying for people, as we're lifting people up, as people are sharing with us, we just need to say, can I Can I pray for you? And then just. Take people into the presence of God because He is our 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 only our our only help of need and uh, and He is the one that brings us the help and the strength and the courage that we need. And I I just want to encourage you with that. Just strengthen you. And again, thank you, Teresa and I. Just want to say thank you for praying for us. And I know that God has answered your prayers. I know that God is moving, um, but we need to be concerned. For the body of Jesus Christ that it will grow spiritually. We just we need to lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to lift up our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine, that they would stand firm against persecution, against the enemy, that they would that they would hold their place before Jesus Christ. And and that, that calls for spiritual maturity. You know, I, I just want to ask, could our fear result in a lack of prayer? And I want to say yes. It does. We're afraid to pray. So, uh, and, and then I just want to ask this. Why not ask the Lord of hosts to help you defeat the sin that you and I uh, so easily struggle with, as it says in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And and lift those before the Lord. Lord, I struggle with, fill in the blank, and Lord, would you give me the strength and the power to overcome that? And I, and I guarantee you that God is ready to hear, and God is willing to help you, and Sometimes we need to come alongside of other people and pray that prayer with them. Help them out. Um, ask your gracious Father to help you to serve as you should. You know, um, uh, I have a confession to make. Um, I, I wasn't born a servant, okay? Um, I had to learn how to serve. I had to learn how to serve. God gave me a wife that's a servant. So that's where I learned from, okay? I had to learn how to serve. And so, uh, you know, uh, uh, I've, I've asked God, Lord, teach me how to serve. Teach me how to see other people and how to see their needs. And then uh, we just need to ask uh, the God of salvation to help us to, to advance his kingdom. Uh, then, uh, then I just want you to just, just stop and look and, and watch and see. If you don't grow spiritually, it's it's just amazing, Uh, just amazing to me as we come alongside of people, as we learn to serve and give our lives away and then just step back and watch God do his job, do do his work. You see, the church, we as a church, we need God's love. So what feeds our growth and builds our faith is the love of God. And so as the Apostle Paul prays for the, the church at Ephesus that they might be rooted and grounded in God's love in chapter 3, verses 18 and 19. You see, God's love is not some sentimental feeling. It is the kind of love that prompted God to take his redemptive plan, as described in Ephesians chapter 1 and 3, and just to show it to the whole world. It's the kind of, of love that, that will be required to obey the, the commands found in Ephesians chapter 4, 5, and 6. We know, folks. We we know, we we know that uh, that uh, Ephesians chapter uh, four through uh, chapter five uh, says, "Husbands love your wives, and wives submit yourself, therefore, to your husbands." And you go, "Ah, come on, God. That's that's just too much of a command." You know, as we pray for spiritual growth, we just we just ask that God would move in our hearts, that He would challenge us and move us, and that we would also pray for others to do the same thing. So our ability to grow in love is boundless because the love of God again, surpasses knowledge, and the knowledge is the fullness of God. So Paul tries to capture the the vastness of God's love by speaking of its width, of its length, of its depth and height. And uh, uh, God's love is truly beyond calculation. It is powerful, and it transforms and changes our lives. So if Pastor John Stott wrote this. It seems legitimate to say that the love of Christ is broad enough to encompass all of mankind, long enough uh, uh, to to last for eternity, deep enough to reach the most degraded sinner, and high enough to exalt him forever in heaven. And we see that, and that's what we need to be praying for, folks. Paul has demonstrated this through this chap this chapter in Ephesians chapter three. He has demonstrated what to pray. And so we need to be praying for spiritual growth of one another. It is the pattern that teaches us the way to go. It is the fuel that speeds us on our way. And we need to pray for greater understanding of God's love. The third thing that I just want to mention, and we're just about wrapped up here, so we need God's character. The goal of our prayer is not for our personal comfort and not for the advancement of our reputation. It is God's character, that God's character might be developed within us and his glory might be seen through us. The Apostle Paul prays that they may be filled with the fullness of God. Folks, do you pray that? Do you pray that for your kids? Do you pray that for your family? Do you pray that for one another in the church? Do you pray that the fullness of God might be seen in the church? That is a, that's a just an amazing question. In other words, Father, help me so that your character might be formed and be seen in me. That is the kind of prayer that leads to spiritual growth. So again, I, I just want to encourage you with these words. Have confidence. Have some confidence. Paul ends as he began by reminding us that God is able to answer our prayers and that he is worthy of our lives. In Ephesians uh, 3, 20 and 21 Paul shares the following empowering words. now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. And that is so important for us to see and understand. I I really believe that the Apostle Paul, as he is praying for the church, as he reminds the church that he's praying for their spiritual growth, and he just comes back, and, and through this doxology, through this praise of God and who He is, that He just gives, gives God all the glory and, and uh, all the recognition that God needs. It's a reminder that we need to, to that, that we need to hear more often as we strive to live uh, to live our life uh, in honor and praise of the King of Kings. That we need to remember that that His power is at work in us. That God's power that created the waterfalls, that greater power. It, uh, then this exists in our earth. That greater power uh, uh, that is in you is 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 in you because of Christ Jesus. Um, so again, I just I just, uh, just want to say just just to be challenged. Just to I, I really I I want to encourage you to to reflect on those ending ver- verses that the Apostle Paul points back to now unto him, and he points back to God who has done the work. So just as a reminder, uh, in Christ we can do it. Can I just say this more applicable, more to just how this applies to us? Uh, You can, in Christ, you can do it. Uh, You can parent. Uh, You can accomplish all that God has uh, for us in the next 24 hours. Uh, it's not in our own strength, but resting in his. Uh, when we want, uh, when, uh, so when we want to give up, can I just say this? He is just getting started. When we cave in, he is the solid rock on which we stand. When we pull back, he presses on. When our vision blurs, his clarity grows brighter. And I am so glad that I am not alone in Christ Jesus. I am so glad that you're not alone in Christ Jesus. Prayer is ultimately about God's glory. To Him be glory in the church. And I just want to say, who is at work in us? God is at work in you, folks. He is at work in you. And He will continue to do that good work. So the purpose of your of your spiritual growth is that His glory might be seen in us and in the whole world. Our, so our God is worthy of a prayer like that. And we need to pray for the spiritual growth of God ourselves and of others today we need it the church needs it and god deserves it so i just i just want to encourage you with that the apostle paul answers the question that we asked uh, what should we pray and i just wanted to say we should pray for the spiritual maturity and the growth of the believers and the church we need to be lifting up our families we need to be lifting up our children we need to be lifting up our friends before the Lord and just praying for their spiritual growth. And I just, want to, I just want to invite you to just close with me as I pray. Just bow your heads. Lord, now unto you who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, Lord, to you be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Lord, forever and ever, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to close with a song.